I'm not a huge Christmas lights kind of guy, but it's kind of cool. So just a recap, if uh, you missed anything there. This guy's got a neighbour who leaves his Christmas lights up uh, all year round. He's always celebrating uh, faith. But this guy, uh, for him, his faith seems to be just a holiday time kind of thing. You know, Christmas, maybe Easter. I'm not sure he puts lights up at Easter, but you know, that was that was his deal. So then he gets challenged that, hey, well, if you're serious about your faith, it can't just be something that you do at the, at the holidays. Um, what's interesting is uh, I have uh, I have a few friends, and I've known a lot of people over, over the years, who uh, kind of operate uh, in total reverse. Uh, I've grown up through the church, and I've, I've been on church staff for many, many years now. And I have seen a lot of people who, uh, for most of the year, their lights are up. You know, they'll, they'll be public about their faith to some degree, they'll... They'll be at church most a church service like this most Sundays. They'll they'll be involved in a life group, maybe even serving in a ministry. But when the holidays come, that's when the lights start to fall off. That's uh, when things start to get a bit loose, and uh, maybe it's time to take a holiday from all this kind of stuff. Do you know anyone like that? You feeling the conviction of the spirit right now? <laughs> Uh, this is this is our last uh, evening service uh, for the year, as, as Simon said. Um, so I thought it would, would take a little bit of time tonight just to talk about holidays and what that can mean for us. And uh, even though we haven't got to it yet in our Acts chapter 2 walnut series, there is something in there uh, that the church did together that I wanted us to do as well. I think it will be a cool way to finish the year. So we're going to talk a little bit about holidays. Don't you just love holidays? Man, school's wrapped up for the year now. Uh, uni's been out for uh, for uh, about a month, and for a lot of us, uh, our workplaces will be closing down for a couple of weeks. Isn't that awesome? Uh, so now is the time to relax and enjoy some of the finer things that God has given us. We can uh, enjoy the sun, not so much today, but other days. Uh, we can enjoy the beach and the barbecue. Uh, we can enjoy the batch if we know someone who's got one of those. And I was going to say we can enjoy the cricket, but I'm not sure if I can enjoy much cricket um, this summer. My beloved Black Caps are uh, having a bit of a mare. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I need a holiday. I've had a, I've had a, a crazy year up and down. It's been, it's been full on. Uh, so I need a break. I need a break from uh, the emails, uh, a break from all the meetings, from the deadlines and the dramas. Church people are so full of dramas. I need a break from, not, not you people obviously, but uh, other ones not here tonight. Um, I need a break. Uh, are you with me? Want to go on holiday? Um, but what else are we going to take a holiday from this summer? What else? Uh, fight wrapped up for the year on Friday. And I heard it was awesome. And you guys aren't coming back till February? Oh, man. Most life groups have wrapped up for the year. We're trying to squeeze just one more in. 
for the end, but a lot of life groups are taking a break for a while. People are going away all over the place. And even, even the evening service is shutting down for a couple of weeks. So lots of things are kind of taking a break. Uh, you could possibly be forgiven for thinking maybe the kingdom of God takes a holiday over the summer as well. It doesn't. It keeps going. But sometimes it seems that way or we live like that's the case. Yes, a few church programs are taking a break for a few weeks, but you and I both know the kingdom of God is nothing to do with programs. It's nothing to do with events. You can take a break from school or from uni or from work, even, even all this, what we're doing now, but we can't take a break from who we truly are. We are sons and daughters of the living God. You don't take a break from that. That doesn't change. That is in our, it's under our skin. You can't take that off. But sometimes like, we live like we do. Discipleship is one of my greatest passions. And it's been the biggest part of uh, my ministry career for the last 12 years. And I've been meditating on, on this, on the, on the idea and, and the, the methods of discipleship uh, for a little while now. And I've been thinking specifically about how Jesus uh, discipled his followers. Uh, And a very interesting case study, which we're going to continue to look at in depth uh, next year, is uh, what we can learn from how Jesus uh, discipled one particularly tough nut uh, in his beloved Simon Peter. Uh, Peter, as I'm sure you know, was a fisherman. Fishing was his trade. It was how he earned a living. Uh, But it was also his lifestyle. Um, uh, It can kind of change the whole way he kind of lived his life. When he he slept, when he got up, what he ate all kind of revolved around uh, this whole fishing deal. The people that he associated with, his friends, uh, as you see through the Gospels, uh, are fishermen as well. This is his whole deal, fishing. Uh, And I I know some people here will be thinking, Amen. But then his brother Andrew introduces Peter to Jesus. And Jesus says to him in Matthew 4, verse 19, Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And Peter is totally blown away by this, and he immediately drops his nets. He left that life and he followed after Jesus as his disciple. He left all that he had known behind. Following Jesus was his life now. His direction changed. His priorities changed. Now he was dependent on Jesus for everything. For his purpose in life. For what he was going to eat that day. Where he was going to sleep. He was dependent on Jesus for his understanding of who he actually was and the nature of the kingdom of God. For more than three years, Peter followed Jesus around, learning from him, training as an apprentice to preach and to heal, to perform other miracles, and to draw people into the kingdom of God. But then Jesus was executed, and Peter's whole world was turned upside down. Despite all the miracles he had seen Jesus perform, and the knowledge that Jesus was the Messiah, Peter was bizarrely 
struggling to believe that Jesus was then raised from the dead. But then he grasped this fact. And what happens next is very interesting. I want you to turn to John chapter 21. We're going to look a little bit in, in John 21 tonight. So Peter's denied Jesus. He's racked with guilt. Jesus is executed. And Peter must just be absolutely devastated. But then, then, Jesus is back. Mary and some of the women find out first and they go to tell the disciples. And they don't believe them. And then Jesus appears to, to the disciples in a, at another time. What happens next is John 21 from verse 1. After this, Jesus appears again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, all right, we'll go with you then. And so they went out, they got into the boat, but that night, they caught nothing. It can be difficult to uh, try and uh, imagine yourself uh, in someone else's shoes and, and think what you would do in, uh, in their circumstances. But still, try and picture this. The Messiah, the Son of God, the guy that you've been following around everywhere as one of his most intimate disciples, for the past three years, your reason for living has been crucified and then resurrected from the dead. Come on! When have you seen that last? Jesus is back. Praise God. What should we do? I know. Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. Grab your rods, boys. <laughs> That's what they did. That was, that was Peter's idea. Let's go, let's go fishing. I like fishing personally. I enjoy it. But I don't get this. I don't get it. Jesus is back from the dead. I don't really want to go fishing right now. Let's find out where Jesus is right now and figure this stuff out and just sit with him. He was gone, but now he's back. Or let's go fishing. After Jesus died and returned from the dead, Peter returned to his nets. Peter went back to the boat, back to the sea, back to his old life. Now, it's easy to judge Peter here at the Rock tonight after we've spent the better part of an hour uh, praising and worshipping God, sharing in communion and getting all spiritual. So I feel I'd probably do something quite righteous right now if I was living back then. Uh, but the fact is, I've seen, certainly seen this in my own life, that it hasn't always taken too much to drag me back to my old life. To take me back to some of my old ways. All we need is an excuse. And sometimes we don't need much of an excuse. This week, maybe all it will take is a work function or a Christmas do. Maybe all it will take is a holiday away from all your routines or whatever happens at Christmas Eve or is it New Year's Eve. A month away from your spiritual family, 
No, that's all you need to take you back to your old life. It doesn't take much to lead us to slip into our old destructive habits and drift away from our Heavenly Father. Johnny spoke this morning about developing a hunger for God. The problem with this holiday season is that we feed ourselves with all this other stuff. We feed ourselves with delicious food that we don't eat the rest of the year. And we drink a lot more than we ever would. And we just delight ourselves in all these things that taste good or feel good, but they don't ultimately satisfy us. They fill the stomach. They do not fill the spirit. They please the flesh, but they don't please God. To that, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 5, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to dodginess. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God doesn't go on holiday, people. Now is not a time to take a break from your faith, from your disciplines, from your discipleship, from your daily walk with Jesus, from your daily engagement with the Spirit. If you are going on holiday this month and the next few weeks, have you ever thought about taking Jesus with you? Yeah, so do I. It's almost like we feel like we can leave him here at the rock. It's okay, he'll be back. He'll be back here all right when we come back from holiday. It's almost like we can get away with things because we're not here. We're not in our normal life. We're not in our normal routines. We're not at fight. We don't have to see our leaders. So, Maybe, maybe the Lord's not watching quite so closely because I'm at the mount. Oh, the Lord's watching the mount. But yeah, we lean pretty hard on His grace. You know, He'll forgive. And we let it all hang out on holiday. But imagine, instead, if we brought Him along who do you want to spend your holiday with? Your best friend? Wouldn't that be cool? Your best friend? Does that happen to be Jesus? I'm sure technically in your prayer journal it's Jesus. But if he really is your closest companion, or if you desire him to be 
What if we were to take him on holiday with us? Holiday might be a little bit different if you did take him with you. And if you think about it, your holiday probably maybe should be a little bit different. I want one of those holidays, a Jesus holiday. I don't know if I've ever had a, a proper one before. And I've done lots of camps and that kind of thing, but it almost feels like work. I just want to chill out and relax. I want to chillax with Jesus. That's what I want to do. Not tied up with the work of all this, just me and him. The fact is, of course, we know that whether we invite Jesus on our holidays and, and, and share it with him, he's there anyway. It's just whether you want him to be watching you from the side or whether you want to actually enjoy that time with him. Peter and the other disciples didn't catch anything when they went fishing that night. Returning to their old life was ultimately fruitless. But then Jesus, full of grace and power, reminded him that he is the source of everything they needed. He didn't just give them enough for breakfast or lunch that day. He gave them a miraculous catch that they struggled to bring in. He is the source of everything we need. And he reminds us also that everything just works out that much better when we involve him. And then back on the beach, over a simple breakfast of fresh fish, Jesus reaches out to Peter and he restores him. He pulls him back onto the path that Peter had strayed from with one simple question. Do you love me? And he asked it again. Simon, son of John, do you love me? He asked three times because this is what it comes down to. Do you love me? A challenge tonight and this summer is to live in response to this question. Do you love me? Do you love me? Because if you do love him, it changes everything. If we really love him, that will dictate who we are and what we do, and it will really affect this summer. How we use our time, what we fill our bodies with, how we speak to people, it affects everything. Jesus said in John 14, If you love me, you will obey my commands. And note it doesn't say if you are religious or legalistic, you will obey my commands. That's not what he's interested in. But our obedience is a response to who he is and what he's done for us. His love language is this, following him. So if we truly love him, we'll be able to see it. So don't take a holiday from God and seeking him this summer. Take a holiday with him. Seek him even more. Ever felt like you're too busy to do all the things in God you want to do? Spend time in his word, spend time with him? Too busy for that? Too busy to pray? Which is, well, it just, it's not true. We, we can't be too busy to pray. Now we have more time than ever. Time to seek him and experiment in faith.
let's use that time to spend with him. And as it says in Hebrews, Hebrews 10, not give up meeting together as well. Just because the program stop, do you think that, that means that we, we drop all of, of this, of our time together? In fact, the programs sometimes get in the way of us having real relationship. That's why we push life groups so hard so you can, within that meeting, you can actually build real relationships. So let's not be the next time we see each other, be, well, when the next program's on, two weeks from now, a month from now. Let's, let's take some initiative. Let's reach out to each other and show some love. And when we're together, let's use that time powerfully as well. I'm not saying create a church program, but let's do what the Spirit leads us to do, to pray together, to worship together, to, to support each other, love each other. Let's spend time in His Word, engaging with His voice, with His heart, with His mind. This is, this is something that, that I want to get into as well. Let's step out. Maybe this summer is the, the year to really step out in the spirit. I've got a, I've got a project. I like projects. I've got a project this summer. I want to exper- um, experience and explore the mysteries of tongues this summer. Uh, some of you guys have something that I really, really want. And I want to engage with the spirit in a new way. Uh, so I'm going to explore and experiment with that um, this summer. It's one of my things I want to do. I'm going um, to build a shed and I'm going to do this, this Holy Spirit thing. Yeah. I want, I want something new and fresh. Mm. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's a summer for trying something new. Maybe you've never shared your faith with anyone before. Maybe, maybe there's someone in your family that you've been thinking about and praying about for a long time but you've never shared faith. This is the summer to step out and do that. Let's take some, some risks. Let's step out in faith. Yeah. That's pretty much really what I want, I want to talk to uh, guys about tonight. But uh, I, I don't want to just leave that kind of word hanging. I want to, I want to cement it uh, together as we unite in prayer. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that a, a will uh, accomplishes this. I believe that it needs the uh, the power of, of the Holy Spirit. I believe it it needs the gifts of the Spirit uh, to see us stay strong and self controlled and grow in faith. So I want us, I want us to pray for each other. Uh, this, this is the, uh, one of the other things that the uh, that the church in Acts did together. They met regularly every day and they prayed. And that's what I want us to do right now. I want us just to uh, to wrap this this night and this year of evening services up praying for each other, loving each other through prayer. This is the kind of things I want us to pray for. I want us to pray for a time of breakthrough. I'm not, I'm not talking about you know, breakthrough for the rock. We pray for that all the time. We'll continue to do that. I'm saying personal breakthrough in people's lives, that they would break through whatever is holding them back from fully receiving everything God has for them. I want to pray for, uh, for each other personally, that we would have a new and deeper revelation of who God is and what he has for us. A deeper revelation of his spirit. I'm not talking about, about the rock again. This is for us personally. The person you lay hands on, you're praying that they would have revelation, have sight of things in the spirit they have never seen before. I want to pray for spiritual growth, that at the end of the summer we would be in a deeper relationship with the Lord. And then as you feel led or as they share with you, there's other things we can pray for. For self-control, for purity, for godliness, 
for more of his spirit, definitely. But also, I, just, I don't want to dictate all of this. Let's, let's talk and share with each other, and let's see what the needs are, and let's pray. So that when we walk out of here tonight, we know that our brothers and sisters are with us in spirit. The Lord is here, and he is listening tonight. So let's, uh, let's talk with him a bit. Eh? Is that cool? You with me on this? All right.